and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX, and Owen 106.3 FM. It is back to local programming for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your time here uh, with Trent and I as we recap the weekend in sports, look ahead to the weekend sports uh, an abbreviated week for everybody here at KXNO, and we will get into that as the week goes on. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Not very active here today. A lot of Trent and Ken talk, I'm assuming. We will talk to Scott Dockerman at uh, 10.30, bottom of the hour. We'll get Doc in here from The Athletic. Then 11 o'clock, 11.15, I should say. Bama Bob. Trent and I will go around college football. We will react to the championship games, to the college football rankings, look ahead to some of the better bowls, etc. Uh, as we take you up until noon, Mr. Monday Night's got an appearance to make before he gets out of here. It's the Steelers. It's the Bengals. The number's about 12. Fingers crossed that it's somewhat entertaining and keeps uh, televisions from switching the dial. The games over the weekend were... Uh, good for the most part. The SEC championship game was really good. The Big 12 was terrific. Nice pick, by the way, as we go back to Friday. Mm-hmm. On the Mac pick of Ball State, I fell for the into the Buffalo. I hadn't seen Ball State, but I'd seen Buffalo, and he couldn't stop the run. Couldn't stop him. Well, Ball State did, yes, and did. that was a good pick. Did you see if you bet that game? And I think it was David Purdom from ESPN. Who tweeted this out? The number, the 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 total was in the sixties, upper sixties. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Sounds about right. Yeah. First half of the game, I'll, I'll say sixty-seven. First half of the game, there were fifty-six points scored. You think it to yourself if you got the over. Start counting that money. Yeah, ripped up tickets at the yes. end. It's just it's just crazy. But an incredible weekend. College football, the regular season uh, comes to an end. We are now awaiting the bowl games. We don't have to wait long. Don't we have one this afternoon? We do. One thirty, I believe the bowl season officially kicks off with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Trent. It's Happy State, North Texas. Uh, so we'll get into that at some point as well. But we have to start with uh, a pretty busy weekend in sports, right, for um, – Obviously for the Cyclone football team, uh, the Cyclone basketball team on Friday night played, I think, above um, their talent level. I was impressed. They took West Virginia to the end, a West Virginia game, our team rather, that we both think is you know towards the top of the mm-hmm. Big 12. And then the Gonzaga-Iowa game was, if you like offense... Uh, you certainly saw plenty of it on CBS at 11 o'clock in the, in, in the morning. So those three, I believe we should start with. Uh, the biggest one of the bunch was the, um, was the opportunity for Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game uh, to claim a trophy and bring a trophy home uh, for the first time. I don't know when it was. I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing about the story, but sadly, if next time they get back there, the story will be revisited because they didn't finish the job. Uh, but a pretty good football game, uh, to say the least. Lost my headphones for a second. Got you. You're back? I'm back. I'm back and ready to go. So, some takeaways. Did the better team win? That was at the... I don't know. That was at the top of my list. Good point. Good question. Did the better team win? Because I don't think Look, so. Iowa State, Iowa State had a chance to win the football game. They Trent. They, they, it's typical Iowa State, right? They, they, they fall behind. Uh, you think they're out of it, but they find a way to get back in it. 
Um, it's an if a woulda shoulda. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Brock Purdy doesn't try to throw the ball to Chase Allen on first down with all that green grass in front of him, uh, he's probably on the twenty yard line, fifteen yard line. Does that change the play call? Well, of course it was. They would have been in the red zone. So you don't get those back-to-back false start penalties, which were both killers. Obviously, the interception was um, you just can't make that throw. Um, I don't know. I mean, the The recency of the fourth quarter and the comeback, maybe that plays a part, too, because there was also that stretch where it felt like Iowa State might get blown out here. Yes. And so but we've had that maybe that wasn't before. fair. It was in my notes and it was just it's kind of where my eyes first went. Uh-huh. And that recency of what we saw late in the game it, that lingers for a lot of people and it did for me, but I guess there is the other side. Maybe that isn't fair also to the Oklahoma side. They were very close to punching that thing up to 24. Oh, Trent, absolutely were. But how many punts did they have in the second half? Five, Five I think? of them, yes. And that's Haycock adjustments, right? Yes. He does it week after week after week. There was, um, I mean, Young getting kicked out of the football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, the opening kickoff goes out of bounds. And you think, gosh, gosh, the special teams of this team is just going to be a kiss of death. And as the game went on, you know, Iowa State would score, kickoff, return to, you know, inside uh, inside Oklahoma territory. To, uh, they're in Iowa State territory on one of them. Uh, special teams, such a problem with this team. Look, if we get spring practice this year, you get 15 of them. I devote, you know, tell the offense and the defense, you guys take the first week off. We got special teams work we're going to work on here. Uh, they have to find a grad, uh, a grad transfer kicker. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Asali just, he has no leg. He has no leg. At least made his extra points. And as, as the game is unfolding down the stretch, you're thinking, okay, wouldn't this just be, you know, Iowa State, right? They score, they tie the game. They need the extra point to win uh-huh. the Big 12. You can't tell me that no Iowa State fan that was going through their mind. Well, it went through your mind. Ahead. Well, I'm not a fan. It went through the... my mind. Sure. And, and I'm sure you. right. Little guys that are a little more invested in the ladies out there Precisely. had the exact same thought going through there. It's you t- This is going to come down to an extra point to win a championship. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but it didn't. Uh, Brock Purdy gets picked off. Uh, that look, was the other part, too, is... We both really liked Iowa State's chances coming into this game. Because of him. Because of the way that Brock mm-hmm. Purdy had played over the last month. Mm-hmm. We saw the quarterback from September again. Yeah, he pooped his drawers, Trent. He did. And the arm punt to end it. Yeah. It's not just, he threw into double coverage. It was on the run and just a floater. Yep. To have your championship game go mm-hmm. down like that, mm-hmm. man, that stinks. It is. And look at... Um, He's a terrific quarterback, and they're in this place because of the way Brock Purdy finished the year, right? that He was really, really good. And as we talked about, he needed to be the best quarterback on the field uh, to win on Saturday. He, he wasn't, uh, and the team was in it. And to their credit, look, the offensive line for the first time this season, I thought, struggled a little bit against a really good, a really good defensive front. Um, for Oklahoma, a defensive look. We've talked all year. Where what was not Oklahoma State in the beginning, and then was West Virginia, and any conversation about the best defenses in uh, in the Big Twelve? You have to throw Iowa State in the mix, and you do. But this Oklahoma defense is playing at a different level. Jake Remsburg going out in the, in the football game early at right tackle. That wasn't. Uh, good news for Iowa State as, look, um, Isaiah Thomas and company, 
They were after Purdy and making him uncomfortable this entire game. The offensive line has been a positive story for Iowa State this year. That hasn't always been the case, but they've been way better uh, than they have in most years. But look, these guys with Perkins, uh, what's the kid in the middle? Um, Winfrey. Whew. He's a special player. Thomas is terrific. Benito coming from off the edge. He played a remarkable football game. So this defense for Oklahoma, this is this is the difference in this team. This has been an offense. You know you're gonna they're gonna score points, but now they've got a defense that can prevent the other team from scoring points. So look, it was a fun game. It's uh, it's one that's going to linger, I think, amongst Iowa State fans because it felt like it was there. They certainly belonged on the football field against the team that would walk off the football field with the hardware. Disappointing. It and, is, and yeah. that's the way that it's going to be. And I think it also goes maybe hand-in-hand hand with, yes, it's great that you get a Fiesta Bowl bid, but you don't get to go. Yeah, fans can't go. I mean, can yeah. you believe it? It's a quick turnaround regardless. I mean, how many people would be able to go? Yeah. What would you estimate? I mean, have you did you see any estimates of how many Cyclone fans were in the world? Just following the Iowa State media on Twitter. Yeah. Right? Um, Seven, 8,000. Yeah, I'm sure there were. There were probably, Something there probably like that. Were. Say but even they don't ten, get to go. To the, what, yeah. You can't go to the Fiesta Bowl. You can go. You can't go to the game. <laughs> right, yeah. So I don't you know You can go hang out outside, baby. Yeah, it's not like Phoenix is a, you know, a, a city you want to stay away from in the first day, or second day in January. Um, but you can't follow your team into the building to watch them play. And I think, look, at, uh, we've both seen Oregon play. Mm-hmm. They're not. This isn't not your good. typical Oregon football no. team. No Shuck Sewell, the quarterback. Yeah, right. The Penay Sewell. That I don't know. The second or third pick. By we got to get into the draft trend. <laughs> we got four butts of that. I, I know, but we got to get into yesterday's New York Jets. Oh I mean, yes. Come on. How they were. How they were even in that position to win that football game. Trent, I get their pros and they want to win and they don't care. But they also work for the New York Jets. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, kind of tongue-in-cheek. I would have started the left guard at quarterback. I would have started the left tackle at running back. And I would have made them wear their pads. Right? That they... The last thing you want to do is 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 when it came, you just watched Trevor Lawrence walk away from your franchise to the Jacksonville. He was right there in your grasp, and all you had to do was lose something you've done very well, and and quite often, in fact, all of them throughout the regular season. And to get this close, Trent, if I'm a Jets fan today, I'm apoplectic. I can't imagine it. To have a generational talent. He is that, too. It's, you hear Elway, Andrew Luck. Uh I mean, these surefire number one picks. That's what he is viewed at, both at what we watch, the collegiate level, and the pro evaluators. That's Mm -hmm. what Trevor, it's just, it's not Ryan Leaf sitting there. It's not (laughs) taking a stretch. Yeah, right. It's not Sam Darnold. Uh -uh. It's not Jared Goff. I like him, but yesterday he didn't play particularly well. It is not Carson Wentz. A generational talent sitting there, a once in a lifetime opportunity. And you won the football game. This Jets team is not as bad as the 2008 Lions. They're not as bad as that Browns team from a few years ago. They've led in a lot of games, 
Uh-huh. They yeah. had leads in a lot of games. Oh, and look at I mean, Greg Williams calls an all-out blitz, yeah. and Ruggs is 10 yards behind. That Monday night game against the Patriots, they were the better team mm-hmm. that night. Didn't show up on the scoreboard. And maybe that's a part of it where this team actually shouldn't have been in this position. Well, they shouldn't maybe. have been 0-13. The Jaguars are terrible. And they're not trying. And how they won that week one game against yeah, the Colts geez. is still... Head-scratching. Maybe more baffling than what mm-hmm. we saw yesterday mm-hmm. when you look at everything all-encompassed. They can't lose that game. No. And... I couldn't turn it off, Trent. Uh, meanwhile, we've got We were New talking Orleans about and- Gase getting fired back in October. I said, no, 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 you no, no. You want him there. Right. And same thing with Greg Williams. Mm-hmm. Why did they fire him? Right. You keep that guy there. Trent, Frank Gore would have been playing nose tackle. If this is my team, look, you've got, you've got to do the right thing for the franchise, and that's lose the games. Anyways, more about that. We'll get into the NFL uh, later because I want to talk about your Bears because all of a sudden now they've got a, a couple of really big decisions that look like no-brainers, mm-hmm. that this isn't going to even take a second thought. As soon as we get to that point, the decision is going to be made now not so fast. But back to Iowa State um, as what could have, might have, if a, would have, should have been. Hutchinson showed up, played his he game did. in a big, big way. Boy, that kid's tough to get on the ground. Kohler was really good in the football game. Purdy, with the exception of a couple of throws, I'll give him the one pick. It's going to happen. Um, Brock Purdy was was Brock Purdy. Trent, first, in, first down, final drive. They're inside, just outside the red zone. I want to say maybe the 30-yard line. Uh, the play breaks down. Purdy scrambles to his right and has nothing but green grass in front of him. He decides to throw the ball to Chase Allen, who was under, who was really covered. And look, Chase Allen, uh, he laid out. He did everything he could to catch the football, and it was a really well thrown football. But this was going to be these ones that have maybe a, you know, the catch chance, the analytic mm-hmm. that gets put up there, maybe a fifteen twenty percent chance of coming down and staying in bounds with that football. If he picks up the first down, the the play chart is completely different. Maybe you don't false start back-to-back times, right? Maybe you don't get it put in that spot where it's third and 11 or third and whatever it was because I think Hutchinson had just picked up some yardage to play prior to that. It was third and 11. Third and 11. So Hutchinson had picked up 9, 10, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's not scrambling and thinking he has to make a play to that point because they would have been much closer in. It's an entirely different game. Ifa, woulda, shoulda for Iowa State. And that's going to linger, Trent. That This is going to leave a mark because this was an opportunity to beat Oklahoma, to get rid of all of that history. And and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And the regular season championship, though it feels great for Iowa State fans to have something, yeah. the rest of the league doesn't look at it no, that way. No, they don't. Nobody does. No. Nobody and, and does. Print the t-shirts if you want, Yeah, but know that your conference brethren are laughing at you. When you're doing that. Yeah, just like and, you laughed at Central Florida. Right. And you did. You did. Absolutely. You scoffed at it. Uh-huh. Because that's a fake national championship. Right. This is a fake Big 12 championship. It's not the way that it's awarded. Nope. Enjoy it for what it was. It was a hell of a year. It was a hell in, of a year. In, in the circumstances everybody's playing, it was a hell of a year. Especially after the way that you started. But special team strength is going to be the story of the 2020 Iowa State football team. Do they reconfigure it? Do they finally go and have a dedicated special teams coach? Well, gosh, I would hope so. And look, I'm not I'm not kidding about spring practice. Yeah. First half of it's all special teams. Defense, you stay home. Offense, we don't need you. This is all going to be about special teams. You have to find a grad transfer kicker. Somebody. That, Nebraska's got one that can stay two years. I think the kid was at LSU. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he's good. Yes. Uh, but but he's going to be there for this year because it's a freebie, and he's going to stay another year because I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. 
if Mike Rose is going to go. We don't know if Kohler's going to go. We think he's going to go, but the quarterback's coming back. Brees Hall can't go anywhere. The offensive line is going to be better. Sure, you lose some pieces on defense, without a doubt. Greg Eisworth is going to be a huge loss to that football team. But you got a bunch of guys coming back. Um, losing young the way that you did, folks, it's the, it's the rule. It was adjudicated properly. It stinks that it's your guy. And maybe the rule needs to be changed or maybe there needs to be a little bit of gray area. But who's going to decide that gray area? Mm-hmm. It's still going to be left up to a human. There's no encroachment in college football. When Matt Campbell snapped, like I haven't seen an Iowa State snap, coach snap since Eustachie. I mean, this was on this type of level. In fact, he's lucky that the officials didn't throw an unsportsmanlike no at him. I mean, they get they cut him some slack. But the center's got to snap the football. Then you get the five. Or a lineman has to flinch. Then you get the five. But just because that guy was inside, he's allowed to get back. There's no encroachment in college. It's the NFL that you can that there is. Both of the calls were officiated, officiated properly. Can't play that hard, and and that's a card that yeah, for at the time of times, it was, I think. But yeah. I think I think that you know, at least it certainly didn't seem like that on Twitter yesterday. Look, you're in the New Year's Six Bowl; it's a pretty mm-hmm. sweet consolation. Just like when Iowa got beat by Michigan State in the Big Ten championship. Look, you're in the Rose Bowl; it's yes. a pretty sweet consolation. Now. Hawkeye fan could travel to Pasadena and mm-hmm. take over half the stadium, and they did. It's just a kick in the balls that Iowa State fans can't go. It really and truly is. We know how well they travel. Mm. We know just how much they support all. And it's this is not just football, basketball. Look at women's basketball, perennially in the top yeah. 15 nationally in attendance. The way they support volleyball and wrestling and on and right. on and on. This is a, a fan base that supports theirs as well as almost anybody in the country. And you finally get this chance. You have your breakthrough mm-hmm. season. I guess a pretty big name opponent. No doubt. Right? A, not a blue blood, but that next tier. They've that had some group. success, that's for sure. Played for a couple of national championships uh-huh. over the last 15 years. Uh-huh. This is an excellent program. A couple of former quarterbacks within the last handful of years making a pretty big impact in the league. You have a fan base also that is down there in Arizona. We know about oh, the, for sure. the snowbirds point. that are down there. Point. I mean, you throw an extra five... Seven, ten thousand probably that are already down there that would go to the game, and you don't get it. No, you don't. You don't get it. Now you can you can argue the other side. Well, the reason they get it is because of the year that we're dealing with right now. But that's a different conversation. Yeah, look, that's a conversation with the whole college football playoff committee. You know what this to me, Trent? What this is going to lead to with all the blowback and here here's here's the number one criteria. What these there's twelve of them right on the twelve to make up the committee. They are tasked with finding, in their opinion, each one of them gets an opinion, the four best teams in college football. Not the four best records in college football. Not the teams that play the most games in college football. I test, give me the four best teams. Iowa State's still in the top ten. That's why they're there. The college football playoff committee felt that they were a better team than Indiana. Indiana fans don't feel like that. But back to where I was going. Once the television contracts come to an end, and they start the fall in two years, mm-hmm. 22-23, and then I think SEC goes first, uh, Big Ten and the ACC follow very quickly. The last one to expire is the Big 12, which is at the end of 2025. Now, I don't know if they're going to wait for all the Power 5 television contracts to expire before the playoff expansion will come. And I think the two go hand in hand. 
But my point being is, with the blowback on Cincinnati, with the blowback on Coastal Carolina, with the blowback on the Raging Cajuns for beating Iowa State and not getting rewarded for that, this tells me that without a shadow of a doubt, that once we get to the end of these contracts, and I sadly think we're going to have to wait for them to, to get to that end, that we're going to have an expansion of college football and then the Cincinnati's, and then the Group of Five flavor of the year will get their opportunity to play, uh, to participate, because at this point, it's becoming very, very apparent they're not welcome. The part that concerns me is what just happened to Iowa State. And for the last three weeks, people are screaming about Iowa State. They don't belong. They shouldn't even be in the conversation. It was a great story. Talked about the story at San Jose State. No, they wouldn't How about be getting them, in. By the way, they they beat Boise State. Oh, they go undefeated. Them. An incredible story for a team that was displaced this whole football season. Mm-hmm. But it's not a story because they didn't make the playoff, and nobody cares mm-hmm. about that story. And it's all about the playoff. Mm-hmm. Iowa coming back and winning six games in a row to finish off the season, Matt, but they're not in playoff consideration. Right. Nope. it doesn't matter. Yep. And we get more and more into that conversation, and these other stories don't matter. Scott Doctorman had a piece going into the weekend talking about a return to the old. Yeah. Where you go back to the old bowl system. And for the Big 12, maybe that's a Fiesta Bowl, maybe it's a Sugar Bowl, whatever it is. But you go back to the old bowl system, and then after that completes. Because it's still about winning a conference championship. It's still about playing in that big bowl game that you have that affiliation with and the connection to. And then you get to the playoff after that. Because it does feel like we are losing yeah. a part of what college football is. To me, what makes college football great right. because it's all about the playoff and there's so many more better stories than just about realistic, realistically five, six, seven teams in any given year that yeah. can win it all. You know what, Trent? I'm going to give credit here where credit's due. I saw that story, not the same one that Doc wrote, but a a version of that. Jared Stansberry mm-hmm. with Cyclone Fanatic, he wrote that a couple of weeks ago. I thought he was full of, you know, I, I, I read it. It was like... What I found out about him, he's a pretty damn good writer. Yeah. He really is. He's growing on. See, he called me elderly a couple of years ago. Well, he's not wrong. Okay. But I didn't like. I didn't need to hear it from him. I call you worse than that every day. Right, but I work with you. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I never gave him the, the time of day. The elderly gentleman? Yes. But he's a pretty damn good writer. Yeah. He really is. I've, I've, I've uh, read his all of his stuff since then, and uh, he's really grown on me, so I don't think he's listening, but... Um, you're good. You're good at what you do. And he wrote that for the first time. And I didn't give it maybe the the thought that I should have. But I'm coming around on this. College football is losing it way when it, when it, because it's playoff or nothing. Yeah. And that's why I, one of the reasons, and I, you know, I have many, that I don't like the TV show on Tuesdays. Yeah. And I don't like it in late October in a normal season all the way through. Well, I like it as much as anything, Trent. I like it for what does for our business. For the conversation. Right. Yeah. And for what it allows, I mean, on Wednesday we can come in and we can kill a segment because yeah. people want to hear about it. Right. So that that's the piece of it, but uh-huh. that's the part that also frustrates me. Yeah. And we continue down this path. So it goes to eight, and then does it go to 16? I don't think so. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think I think we're going to get to eight very quickly. As I soon as so the contracts too. are up. Yeah. Because of the outcry this year for the Cincinnati's, who's a really good team. They're a good team. They've got a good defense. Would they beat Iowa State? Would they be favored to beat Iowa State? No, I don't think so. So we'd also have Oregon in this playoff. And you extrapolate what they did. Right. Lost to 
One and three. Cal. Trent, they were a fill-in to get into this game. They weren't even <laughs> supposed to be in the Pac-12 championship. It was supposed to be Washington, Washington who, who couldn't never, answer the bell, and never left Seattle. <laughs> never left Seattle. Played all their games at Husky Stadium, which yeah. is a different conversation. But that's what you have. Think of the years that there is an upset, and then that team, a team goes eight and four, but happens to win a division, and now they're in the playoff. Yeah. Is that the right way to do it? Too. There's going to be a lot. It's going to happen. You're right. Mm-hmm. And I believe the contract for the college football playoff goes through 2023, January 2024. Okay, so once once uh, uh, that means that three of uh, at least three, maybe four of the power, because the last one to fall is the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. But if the if the if three of the, or four of the of the uh, the other three or four are done. And they feel like that's the time to change. They're not going to wait. Uh, Jeff, you're not going to wait any longer. You've been very patient. We'll do this. Uh, Gary Barta is meeting the media at 11, so we can't keep Doc. Okay. Uh, so we got to get to Scott Dockerman um, at 1030-ish. Jeff, take it away. What's on your mind? Thanks for being patient. All right, Ken. I got something for you. So you are talking about the big 12 brethren laughing at Iowa State. I don't see how they're laughing. I mean, they beat Oklahoma. They beat Texas. They've never done that. On Saturday... Most teams, when they're down by 14, 17 to Oklahoma, they just roll over and die. Mm-hmm. So I would say give kudos to Iowa State to be one possession away. Now look, I did. I mean, that's a remarkable comeback. So, I understand that we were saying the Big 12 brothers are, are you know, laughing at, at Iowa State. I don't see that. I don't, I don't recall. What did I, I say? I said that. And oh, I said that because said, okay. when they're beating their chest about a regular season championship, because there's no such thing. And, and I've seen a lot of this on social media and people coming back, there's not a regular season championship. The Big 12 does not recognize that. Much like Central Florida, they can say they're national champions a couple of years ago. Well, it's not recognized. Same thing well, here. It's a great you know, going 8-1, and one, beating everybody except for Oklahoma State. Kudos to them. But the Big 12, it's not a championship. If you want to wear a t-shirt, go for it. I'm just saying, you wear that around an Oklahoma fan, they're going to laugh at you. You wear it around well, a Texas fan, they're going to laugh at you. We know Twitter is a bunch of cuckoos, so oh, I, I don't really put that much into that in stock into that. But my next point is here's the deal: look at the Oregon and look into the Fiesta Bowl. This is Nike U, so mm-hmm. Iowa State's got to be focused. They have just as many five star athletes as Oklahoma, and if they go in there and win that game, let me give you like just some recollection or just some like uh, uh, what I remember as a kid. So my mom had like a sweater. I want to say like 1990 Rose Bowl. I think they played Washington, Iowa, Washington, something like that, 1980, 1990, mm-hmm. 1990 something like that. Mm-hmm. That matters. Yeah. So when, when people get that Fiesta Bowl gear, I mean, it, it's going to have some cliché. Nobody's I knocking the, the New Year's Six Bowl. Mm. This is a feather in their cap that Iowa State and, is playing. It's sad that you so, guys can't be there to watch it. So forget about Oklahoma. Again, I, I when I call it, I, there's more things to do. There's more business to take care of. Now, if they go down and they get shellacked, I think this season's going to – kind of get forgotten maybe a little bit, even though they beat Oklahoma, Texas. But if they go down there and beat Oregon, I don't care if they won't play four games, six games. Beating Oregon is a huge deal. Uh, and, and here's and here's the thing. I appreciate the call, Jeff. Um, they they uh, Oregon's got a couple of really big injuries. Mm-hmm. Their their best uh, their best running back kid by the name of Verdell, he's out. Uh, their best receiver Devin Williams missed the second last game. He dressed for the Pac-12 championship. I think he got on the field for a play, but made no impact. I mean, he did nothing in that football game, so he's hurt. Best running back is out. Uh, now, statistically, the running back, Dye, uh, is now has more yards because of Vedrill's missed, I think, two or three games. But he's out. He's not going to play. 
Shuck is how you say the quarterback's name. He's a tall kid. He's six foot five. Chucks it around. He's not going to run. I mean, he's going to be in the pocket. He'll he'll run when he has to. Uh, but this is a very winnable football game oh, without no, no. a without a the offensive line for Oregon all new this year all of them so and the die kid I think had a concussion so he was just working his way back in the championship game a banged up team motivation they were happy to be there in that championship game though sure. you can tell you can see that from the get go against USC intriguing but at four that's the opening number Iowa State by four yeah. I'm laying those all day with the clones. Yeah, I think so, too. We'll take a timeout. We've got to get Scott Dockman. He's got an appointment with Gary Barton. We don't want to have him miss that. We'll take more of your calls to kick off the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to push Bama back to 11.15. If you're so inclined, we'll have the phone lines open at that time. It's Miller and Condon. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.0. The insurance company and affiliates. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, 11.15. Bama Trent and I will go around college football one more time. Mr. Monday night, penultimate visit from him coming up before we get out of here just before noon. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic uh, joins the program. He's got Gary Bart at the top of the hour, so we'll keep him for 15 minutes or so. Give him plenty of time to jump on that Zoom. Uh, Doc, uh, thanks for coming on. As always, Trent and Ken. Uh, you guys had an opportunity to talk uh, via Zoom with Coach Ferentz yesterday after the announcement of the bowl came out. Says he's turning the corner other than the cough, very mild symptoms, which is great news, Doc. What about um, potential um, contact tracing, other positives? I know that probably the players weren't around last week as much as they normally would have been, but I have to assume that the coaches were in the building and meeting. Uh, what's the fear factor, Doc, regarding the, you know, there might be more to this uh, with the program uh, than we know at this point? Yeah, there is. there are some more cases with this and it's not and a lot and there are a few for sure with the staff so i don't know how many coaches are going to be on the field uh starting tomorrow to, to get that practice um there you know as as the report that came out uh from the university athletic department that there were 14 positives last week and kirk of course was one of them uh so yeah i've heard uh neighborhood of five or six staffers now that could be an assistant coach that could be um somebody who just goes and handles the practice dummies tackling dummies Mm -hmm. but that said we'll know a lot more tomorrow when all the players get back uh, from wherever they are you know a lot of them went to their hometowns or their homes or, or wherever and 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 uh you know that it could be touch and go on that front now i don't know if it'll be you know if they hit low numbers i mean other schools are really in bad shape uh but i think they'll you know we'll know more let's just put it that way we'll know more once the players come back and they start taking their tests yeah it's uh certainly something that feels like it could tilt very quickly one way or the other and well army they're looking for a destination yeah, what a if story. it gets to that point a nine and two season and uh left at home at least for the mm-hmm. time being didn't missouri play this week with 54 players is that what I the number think was it was really low anyways and, and they did not look good no against leach's boys at, at mississippi state with that 
it's a bowl game. It's going to be weird. This whole season has been weird. But the future of Iowa football, looking at things more big picture, the comeback with the six consecutive wins to end the season, looking forward across the landscape, seeing what happened to Wisconsin this year and the step back that they've taken. Minnesota with the step back. Nebraska, a small step forward and then three steps back seemingly every time with that program. When you look at this Iowa program and knowing that you have the elder statesman at the coach, what do you think the future of Iowa football looks like here over the next two, three, four years? I don't think anything really changes with Iowa. I mean, you know, two years ago, I thought they were the best team in the West, and they lost, you know, four really close games and won nine games. And, and when you look back, 2018 is going to be the one that I think of this most, most recent era is going to be the one that everybody kind of grits their teeth on. When you have Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, and mm-hmm. Epineza and Warps and all those guys, I think you're going to say, wow, that team should have achieved a little bit more. And uh, last year, 10 wins, this year, you know, six and two, and depending on the bowl game, uh, you know, I think that they are on that really strong trajectory. The question is for Iowa, can they break through in games like the Northwestern game this year or games like uh, Penn State the year before and other ones, Uh, you know, games that are deciders, that that are just one possession games one way or the other, and that's really going to be the biggest question. And uh, you know, if if Caleb Shudak's field goal doesn't what hit the mm, upright against yeah. Northwestern at the end of the half, yep. they're in Indianapolis. And I'll say this: that they would compete against Ohio State. I mean, Northwestern did. I think Iowa's better than Northwestern. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, the whole trajectory of that of the season was just marked by a couple of plays here and there. Um, so they just got to make sure they punch through at the right time. And and uh, when they see themselves starting to slip, they correct themselves. I think they're in perfect position to, to be very, very competitive in the West Division next year and for years to come. If that would have happened, would have they been in the college football playoff? If they would have beat Ohio State, be, of course beat Northwestern, would they jump to... Where would they have begun? Yeah, right, and, and A&M. I mean, they still, what, finished 15th there. You put that in the wind dock, you throw an Ohio State win there, they get that last spot over what would have been then Texas A&M instead of Ohio State in there? Probably not. Uh, the system's completely broken <laughs> and for teams. Yeah. The teams that aren't named Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State, or probably Wisconsin, uh, it's skewed against them. I mean, uh, you know, it, what, what I found kind of fascinating through this whole situation was Iowa State turned out to be a bad guy. And I was, right. We all know the tradition of Iowa State. Yeah. But when you look at uh, Indiana, Indiana deserved to be in that conversation. They had one loss. They, their only loss was to a team that went to a playoff game. They they won against Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin, main programs that all kind of had struggles this year. But mm-hmm. Indiana was the reason why they had some problems. And yet here they weren't looking out. So if Iowa would have been, you know, say they're sitting here now at 8-1, uh, and one, um, they would have probably been number five, and everybody would have said, oh, well, they, they need to play more games. You know, since you brought up Indiana, Doc, and you're, you're close with a lot of people in the Big Ten, I want to – Fred Glass, I'm not sure if you saw his quotes yesterday. It was, oh, in, yeah. it was at The Athletic. It was maybe Mandel's piece, right. one of your guys. He, he basically said there's a conspiracy, and I'm paraphrasing, amongst the good old boys network at the, in the Big Ten, within the Big Ten, athletic directors within the Big Ten, that they don't want Indiana to be good. You saw the comment, or the, the quote, rather. Do you think that there is? I mean, I, why, would they, why would they seemingly 
not want to help out everybody in their conference? Or am I being naive? Do you think there's a conspiracy there, Doc? I I think he's off base, and I think if there were unfortunate and frustrating comments. He's not really the AD anymore, so right. I think that's just coming from a spot of emotion rather than reality. Um, but I understand their point of view. I mean, the whole the Big Ten changed a rule right. that screwed them, yep. and then they they get into the bowl process, and the head of the CFP is an is the uh, a league AED. And he couldn't get him into the, the CFP, even with a, a record and only one loss, but should have got him in. And then they couldn't even get in the Citrus Bowl, which is considered the top bowl outside of the, the, BC, or the uh, CFP. So I understand the frustration that Indiana has. I, don't, I think it's a little bit misguided um, because if you, if you want to be real about it, if there was a team that Gary Barta should want to screw, it's Iowa State because it does them no good to have Iowa State um, go to a, a bigger bowl and, and more prestige and could elevate the difference in one or two recruits in the future simply by them going to the Fiesta Bowl rather than the Alamo Bowl. Um, and then also Indiana getting into the or the I should say the Beamer Six um, would have helped them a little bit more financially because they spread that money around, but. Now, I do think that uh, the Big Ten has a lot of self-reflection to do. This is yet another situation, and uh, Indiana has every right to be upset. Doc, a little basketball before we let you go. It was number one Gonzaga. They certainly looked at it, but in a game where Iowa was not close to their best, they had chances. They had chances down, what, seven points with about six minutes to go, another opportunity with about three minutes left to cut into a six-point deficit. In a game where you shoot it terribly, shoot it terribly from the free throw line too, not just the three point line. They had a chance. Your takeaway from the loss to Gonzaga? I thought that uh, Iowa had a lot of chances to to win that game, but I think it exposed Iowa and it, it defensively and they provided as a, a a learning opportunity. I mean, defensively, that was not a very good game. Now you're playing the number one team in the country that mm-hmm. spaces the floor better than anybody else, and you have a lot to learn from that. And, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, late in the game, I, I, I know there were just, no matter if Iowa was in a zone or a man-to-man, it just kept getting sliced apart defensively. That's not their forte. But they've got to do a better job, too. And, and I think it's fair right now to, to add extra criticism or, or, or skepticism as to the um, level of play Iowa's having right now because they you know they are close. They are mm-hmm. among the best teams in the country. And when you play a game like that, you could see the difference between winning a championship and merely just getting to a really good, you know, second weekend, uh, possibly the Final Four. I mean, you know, there's a legacy attached to that. So they need to really step back and evaluate it, you know, and critique themselves to the nth degree. And, uh, you know, and I think that maybe this is a way, a a little bit of a wake-up call. There's been some, in, in my eyes, I think that they've gotten a little full of themselves. And they need to take a step back. And then, as you mentioned, they're not that far away. Mm-hmm. They didn't shoot very well, and they shot poorly from the free throw line. So I think they're really close. But I do think that right now, everything, if you want to put everything under a microscope, please do. Because when, you're, when you've got a team this good, the difference between a possession could be the difference between winning a national title and just and getting beaten in overtime in the Elite Eight. You know, Doc, my, uh, my two, uh, probably more than two takeaways, but watching Garza outplay Drew Timmy, and I think Drew Timmy is a terrific player, but Garza had his way with him for most of the basketball game. Bottom line is really, 
Iowa, or, and you can say this, I think, about anybody on Gonzaga's schedule, they don't have an answer for Jalen Suggs. And nobody's going to have an answer for this guy because he is unbelievable to watch play the basketball game. Um, you know, somebody said after the NBA draft that if Suggs would have been eligible for this year's draft, it would have been a no-brainer first overall pick. Doc, watching this kid play as early as he is in his collegiate career, what a player. Yeah, he's fantastic, and I think you just got to chalk it up to, he, you know, sometimes he's just that good, and, and Iowa had no answer for him defensively. I mean, the, there was times when he'd just slice them, you know, go from the top of the key all the way to the to the bucket and, and everything. And then I think, you know, sometimes, you know, whether it's Jalen Suggs for Gonzaga or, or Garza, conversely, for other teams, you just kind of have to yeah. tip your cap and say, well, this, this is going to be tough. But, you know, where I thought – you know, strategically that Iowa kind of failed was when it was making a run, when it was there, there was probably five or six minutes left. And it was in that single digit territory where, you know, when you had Timmy on the bench um, with fouls and, and mm-hmm. you had another player on the bench with fouls, get the ball to Garza. It's like running the football when they don't have two defensive <laughs> tackles, just get it to him no matter what. And they were chucking threes, like, you know, and I'm like, guys, you're watching this going, just do what it takes to score points. And and yet it was, you know, I think some of that is aggressiveness. Some of that is just misguided quick shooting. And, and I think they need to be a little bit more disciplined that way um, when you play a team like Gonzaga. Indeed. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic Doc. We won't talk to you until next week. Have a Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thank you for what you do for us. We'll read you as we always do at The Athletic. Not too time to, not too late, rather, to fill a stocking with a subscription to The Athletic. Very economical, very affordable, and well worth the money. Scott Dockerman, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thank you, buddy. Merry Christmas, Scott Dockerman. Back to where we started with Doc. Yeah. So this is kind of alarming um, yes. with all the coaches, apparently, that are now, um, it's going to become public. That, what, five or six of them is what Doc said? He, uh, I heard from uh, somebody I respect over in Iowa City, upwards of seven. Now, I think that includes coaches. Kirk. Coaches. And the players, and and the players have not been around the coaches for the most part, right? They didn't have practice for the most part last week. There were still guys in the facility coming guys, in to lift weights, lift coming weights in for do, treatment, yep, those type of get things. Food, oh sure. So they were still around. So the number that came out today, because we saw the from last week, there was fourteen. Fourteen, but that's not. The test that we're waiting on that's going to happen today or tomorrow that Doc yes. was alluding to? We're waiting right now for basically all of the players' daily tests. That will be happening today. That's what we're waiting for. There is concern that this thing could have spread quickly. Well, six or seven coaches have it. Right. And even with cases that is asymptomatic, you could be talking about a number of right. people. And remember... The Big Ten quarantine now. 17 days. It's not the 21 it was. No, they're changing it on the fly. They've done that all year long. <laughs> now, do they change it down to, well, let's go down to 10? <laughs> wow. <laughs> As I was, what, 10 days away from playing their game? Mm. Probably not going no, to happen no, no, in no. that case. But just keep an eye on that. Don't don't buy your plane fare to Nashville just yet. Is that what you're saying? Well, make sure it's transferable or refundable. Wow. Because there is a chance, just a chance, is don't go run into social media and saying right. Trent Condon saying the game's off. Right. But if that news comes out this afternoon, don't fall on the floor being shocked because it is a possibility. So Kirk has it. 
He's one of the six or seven coaches, mm-hmm. apparently, that have tested positive. <sighs> Jesus. Just like that. goes from you're going to play Michigan and then a bowl game. Well, you don't get to play Michigan in your bowl games against them. Pretty bad Missouri team. Well, they had fifty something guys play yeah. last week, and they got a bunch of injuries amongst their their running back. Roundtree is yeah. really, really, really good, talented dude. Yes, but other than that, that's not a good offense, Trent. They're Drew not. Locke's not walking through that door. Well, they wish he would. <laughs> Nelway could do that. Guys, watching Josh Allen just carve up that Broncos team. How much say, did you watch Saturday night? More than I thought I should. Yeah. Well, you you also told me you got stuck Friday night on the Rutgers Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska. <laughs> I knew you were going to. You got uh, problems. I do. We'll take a quick timeout, come back, finish it up. We will uh, finish up the hour. We've got some time, take some phone calls on the others to start off hour number two. We'll keep get Bam in here about quarter after. We're with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0-1-0. The Prairie Trail. Condon, five minutes before 11, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. A final couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. It was good to see that uh, Big Ten basketball is claiming some of that television real estate on Sunday nights. I hope that's going to be the case going forward. Michigan State Northwestern was on last mm-hmm. night. Big Ten Network had that. Meanwhile, uh, halftime of the football game last night. I sw- switched over to FS1 and watched Minnesota uh, and St. Louis play because you were high on that St. Louis team. That was a really good win for the That Gophers. was a good win. Yeah. And you know who looked pretty good in the game, Trent? I mean, Carr's going to Car- be Carr, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's going to get his. And Gotch, who hasn't been good all year, he was good last night. Liam Robbins yeah. did not look out of place at all. Now he's a foul machine. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, seven foot comes in handy. <laughs> He looks like he belongs in the Big Ten. He does, doesn't he? And yeah. I and look at and by the way, Drake is off to a good start in their own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're unbeaten so far. Good for the Bulldogs. But this kid wants to test himself against Big Ten competition and against uh, bigs in the Big Ten. It's going to get you better. I mean, I don't know what if he foresees himself making a living playing college or playing professional basketball after his collegiate days are over. But I think he will. I think so too. Not I mean, the NBA, but he is going to be. A guy that'll make money playing basketball. Trent, we saw his freshman campaign. Mm-hmm. We saw a different player last year. Yep. And he keeps getting better. He's learning the game. He's um, He's got some work to do by far. But back to my original points, good to see Big Ten taking some of that Sunday night real estate once football season and Sunday night football, um, the curtain comes down. Yeah, and they did that a year ago, more, more of those games. And, of course, we finished the regular season a year ago with that Iowa-Illinois game to oh basically put a cap on <laughs> the regular season of college basketball. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we know how what happened a week later. But Do we know if Iowa gets any Sunday night games? I mean, yeah, we know so. they play Christmas, which right. is... By the way, uh, and I'm glad Bohannon tweeted this out. Team wants to play on mm-hmm. Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and they made that very apparent, that they didn't have to. They wanted to play. But you can't have your mom and dad with you on Christmas night to oh, watch... Really? No parents in the building. Wow. There's still that steadfast. In, apparently in, in the um, in, in the cities. state of Minnesota. Or in the in the. Well, they can cities. still travel. I mean, yeah. But you can't go to the game. Are they going to stay in Minneapolis then afterwards, you think? Or are they going to come back right after the uh, game? What time is it? 7 o'clock? It's a late start. Uh, yeah, yeah. they'll come back. Yeah. 
I would think that they would come back. Well, we're seven gonna, o'clock. You're right. Yep. We're going to come back with our number two. There's another game on Christmas. Oh, there's a bowl game on Christmas Day, and then there's the Vikings and the Saints on Christmas Day at three, and then the Gophers and the Hawkeyes to end it. Wisconsin, Michigan State early eleven thirty on that, Christmas Day. Really? Maryland, Purdue at one thirty. Michigan, Nebraska How at five that? o'clock. It's a full day of BT. Heck of the NBA hoops. I'm watching Big Ten. I'm in. I'm with you. Uh, we will be back. Hour number two. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.